Hi guys, welcome to the Desi Crime Podcast. I'm your host Aryan, and I'm Ishwara. If you're listening on Spotify, click the follow button, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. Bordering India in the north is the country of Nepal, and much like India, Nepal isn't short in its supply of Desi Crime stories. Today, we will explore the first airplane hijacking in the history of Nepal, which took place in 1973. a hijacking very different from the ones we hear about in today's world this is the story of how the prime minister of nepal hijacked an airplane this is the story of girija prasad koirala To all of you listeners from all over the world, a huge thank you from us for supporting the Desi Crime podcast with your love, kind words and um <clears throat> money. We aren't going to lie. It takes time and money to produce these episodes from research to quality equipment to hosting fees. There's a lot that goes into it, which is why we started a Desi Crime Patreon for all our listeners to support us financially. The link is patreon.com/desicrime. If you decide to become a patron, you'll get access to extra episodes, discount on merch, monthly patron-only Zoom calls, shout-outs, and so much more. Please find it in your heart to support a podcast run by two broke-ass college students. We already have eighteen wonderful patrons who'll be getting a shout-out at the end of this episode. I wouldn't lie. I love this case. It has the perfect balance of power, thrill, and mystery. Thank you to the listeners from Nepal who helped me in researching for this case because there is very little information available and most of it is in you know native Nepalese languages. When you told me what you wanted to name this episode Aryan I thought prime minister hijacks airplane is so clickbaity it can't possibly be true. Don't do that to our fans. But then when you told me more about the case I realized the prime minister of Nepal actually hijacked an airplane. The PM in this episode is the embodiment of our phrase stay desi stay crazy. And with that desiness and craziness, let's get into the case. First, we need to understand Nepal a little bit to fully capture the craziness of this story and make it slightly less crazy. I think both of us are using the word crazy a lot, but anyway, despite being our neighbors, we in India, Pakistan and Bangladesh seem to know very little about our Nepali brethren. Hopefully this episode will be an equal part true crime and a history lesson. During the British Raj in India from the 1850s to 1950s, Nepal at the same time was under the rule of the Rana dynasty headed by Jang Bahadur Rana. Before the 1850s, Nepal was something like Great Britain where there's a queen as well as a prime minister. What the Ranas did when they came in power sometime around the 1850s is remove the power of the king and make the position of prime minister more powerful and hereditary 
you must be wondering hey why did the british colonize india but not nepal well for two reasons firstly fighting in the nepalese mountainous territory proved extremely difficult for the british and surprisingly enough the nepalese kind of won the first anglo nepali war to everybody's surprise secondly the rana dynasty that ruled nepal from 1850s to 1950s was very pro british so much so that they supported britain during the 1857 indian revolt in the first world war and world war 2 but this rana dynasty wasn't democratic at all it was an autocracy when india finally won its freedom in 1947 it inspired pro democracy groups in nepal in the late 1940s newly emerging pro democracy movements and political parties in nepal were highly critical of the rana autocracy following the success of the indian independence movement which nepalese activists had taken part in with india's support the nepali congress was successful in toppling the rana regime establishing a parliamentary democracy sounds all good well good things don't last that long do they especially when it comes to politics this parliamentary government was soon toppled by a royal coup by king mahendra in 1960 king mahendra used his emergency powers and took charge of the state once again claiming that the congress government not the rahul gandhi congress the nepali congress had fostered corruption promoted party above national interest failed to maintain law and encouraged quote and quote anti national elements political parties were soon outlawed and all prominent political figures including the prime minister of nepal were put behind the bars yeah the pm was jailed as well basically nepal was really messed up in the 1960s that was the point and hope all of you had a great history lesson see you on the next episode what stop it tell us what happened next Now that we covered the context of this story, we have reached the masaledar bit of this episode. The imprisoned prime minister was BP Koirala, brother of Girija Prasad Koirala. While Prime Minister BP Koirala was in jail, much of his family was exiled. This included his brother Girija and his cousin Sushil Koirala. Now that monarchy had full power in Nepal, there was very little that the pro democracy groups could do but that did not stop the exiled koiralas who were staunch supporters of social democracy and wanted people's rule back and stop they did not girija wanted to free his brother and reinstate democracy in nepal but he did not have enough funds to do so those of whom he knew had money were either in jail or exiled themselves so girija was running out of options and nepal was running out of time but in 1973 13 years after the coup by king mahendra luck finally turned in the direction of the koirala family someone named madan aryal from a bank in nepal tipped girija that the bank he was working in was transporting indian currency via a flight between nepal and india this is when it clicked hijack the plane get the money free his brother and fund an armed revolution in nepal what a plan huh you make it sound so easy aran but who the hell decided a plane hijacking is the first and only way to get money i mean rob a bank that's easier i guess how would you know robbing a bank is easier huh but you do make a good point 
Girija along with his cousin Sushil and other freedom fighters got the idea of a hijacking from the hijacking of Japan Airlines flight 351. Two plane hijackings in one episode. How about that for a bang for your buck? The point is that Japan Airlines hijacking which happened in 1970 was on similar lines. It was to start a rebellion by inspiring people from around the world. This hijacking is very interesting in itself and I could talk about it for hours but basically hijackers armed with samurai swords like actual What? samurai swords hijacked Japan Airlines flight 351 which had somewhere around 200 passengers in March 1970 These hijackers were nine members of the Japanese Communist League who wanted to go to North Korea for some reason A few interesting things about this hijacking are that the South Korean government quickly disguised their airport to make it look like the plane is in North Korea. Another interesting fact I stumbled across was that the Vice Minister of Transport in Japan offered himself to the hijackers for releasing the 200 hostages and the hijackers agreed. This was one of the greatest moment of bravery in Japanese politics ever. This political hijacking in Japan laid the groundwork for hijacking masterminded by Girija Koirala and his accomplices. The planning was finally done. From weapons to research to manpower, everything was arranged. Illegal pistols were sourced through militant groups and grenades were also collected. 32 revolvers and 36 grenades was the final count. Many individuals were part of this ploy and it was kept extremely secretive. Apart from Girija Koirala and his cousin Sushil Koirala, Durga Subedi, Nagendra Prasad and several other pro-democracy activists took part in this elaborate scheme. They found out that the plane they are hijacking is a brand new twin-engine plane delivered recently to the Royal Nepal Airlines from Canada. We have uploaded a picture of it on our Instagram and Twitter at Desi Crime. Go check it out and follow us too. More importantly, they found out how much money was being transported 30 lakh indian rupees adjusted for inflation that is around 10 crore rupees all of it in cash seems to me the hijacking is going to be easier than distributing all that cash once it has been stolen this is all set in motion on june 10th 1973 On June 10, 1973, Nepal Rashtra Bank is transporting Indian currency notes from Bihar, India, to Kathmandu via Biratnagar. Biratnagar is a major Nepalese metropolitan city. In fact, the following hijacking in Nepal is called the Biratnagar plane hijack. The 30 lakh rupees are transported to Biratnagar by train and from there are supposed to be taken to Kathmandu by air. At 8:30 a.m., the 19-seater Royal Nepal Airlines aircraft takes off for Kathmandu on a regularly scheduled flight. The hijackers who have boarded the plane are Basant Bhattare, Durga Subedi, and Nagendra Prasad. No passenger on the plane knows that there are 30 lakh rupees and three hijackers traveling with them. One of those passengers is the famous Indian actress Mala Sinha, who recalls what happens next. as the scariest moments of her life within 5 minutes of the plane taking off it is hijacked by the three hijackers they force the pilot to take the plane to india and land it in bihar but not in an airport 
the hijackers decide to have the plane land in a place from where they can easily escape. Of course, an airport will be heavily guarded, so they had to come up with a solution. In this case, the solution was landing the plane in a random grass field where several cars and accomplices were waiting. This was a daring move since landing any aircraft on a random surface is one of the riskiest endeavors in aviation. But 30 lakh rupees motivated them to do the unthinkable. Once the plane successfully lands, the mission enters its second stage, extraction. The hijackers along with ground staff extract the metal boxes which are loaded with cash. All of this happens in a matter of minutes. The Indian Air Force along with the aviation ministry is made aware by Nepalese counterparts of a missing flight. Flight 9NABB is missing. It's simply not on the radar. Well, it wasn't so much missing, more so hiding on a farmland in Bihar where hijackers were stealing money that belonged to the government of Nepal to use against the government of Nepal. The mission reaches its third and final stage, transportation. Girija Prasad Koirala and Chakra Prasad Banstola are involved in transporting the loot from Bihar to Darjeeling, where they have connections and security. One such connection is BL Sharma, who is a friend of the former jail prime minister of Nepal, BP Koirala. BL Sharma, a Darjeeling native, offers the hijackers his house as a safe haven for the looted money. Ganesh Sharma, an Indian national, has driven a jeep to the landing site with Sushil Koirala and others, and they use three different vehicles in transporting the three boxes full of cash to Darjeeling. Step 1 hijacking royal nepalese airlines step 2 extracting 30 lakh rupees and step 3 transporting three boxes full of cash to darjeeling are all completed smoothly i mean apart from the not so smooth landing on a random grass field in bihar it's so tough to imagine all of this happening today with no one intervening i mean surely security agencies would have captured them today The seeming ease with which this was carried out is astonishing. I still don't understand why would they want to divert the plane to India instead of their home country Nepal where they would have had more connections. Because along with more connections in Nepal, they have more enemies in Nepal as well. At least there are sure due judicial process in India if they are caught. And it gets more interesting because they are caught. What? Once all the cash boxes were removed from the airplane, the hijackers fled and the plane immediately took off without wasting a second. I can only imagine how the pilots would have had their hearts in their mouths as they were taking off from a grass field in Bihar. The hijackers scurried all over India. They went to Darjeeling and then to Banaras and then on to Mumbai. The hijackers were so ballsy that occasionally they made trips to New Delhi to meet BP Koirala who was in exile in India. The hijackers including Girija and Sushil were his relatives and so it only made sense that they actually visited their brother. But this freedom, this luxury to travel all over India was extremely short-lived. Within a year, all but one of the hijackers were arrested. But the 30 lakh rupees were never seen again. Girija Prasad Koirala was successful in using the money to fund the freedom struggle in Nepal. The hijacking in that sense was successful. When the emergency ended in India in 1975, all the hijackers including Girija and Sushil were released. When Girija returned to Nepal, 
King Mahendra by that time was dead and the pro-democracy movement got a rebirth. He wasn't seen as an evil terrorist or hijacker by the Nepalese people, but as a freedom fighter. He headed the democratic movement in Nepal and finally won elections to become the first democratically elected prime minister of Nepal who fully served his term in 1991. The people of Nepal loved him and they still love him. He is affectionately referred to as Girija Babu in Nepal. In fact, he is so well loved that he won the general elections to become the prime minister of Nepal on four separate occasions: 1991, 1998, 2000, and 2006. Yup, a four-time prime minister of a country masterminded a hijacking. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I think this is incredibly unbelievable. So, a four-time prime minister. is convicted of hijacking an entire plane everybody knows this india knows this nepal knows this the world knows this but everybody's just okay with this and treating him just like any other normal politician yeah he's a chill dude <laughs> i don't know i mean it all happened before he was elected so it kind of makes sense but, but don't we have like international courts or something where you could be charged for stupid things that you do that your country doesn't charge you for He's the prime minister of Nepal. I don't think they can do wow, anything. Wow, I mean, this to is be honest, crazy. He, he passed away, so due respect to him. But yeah, the thing is, this hijacking and the money, the thirty lakh rupees that were diverted from it, is all history. But the Royal Nepal Airline Flight Nine N A B B had its destiny already written for it. One full of adventure, history, and eventual misfortune. The story doesn't end so soon. Even after being hijacked, this aircraft continued to fly over Nepalese skies for over 40 years until one fateful day in February of 2014. Call it fate, but on 16th February 2014, just a few years back, the same Nepal airline aircraft that was hijacked in 1973 took off from the Pokhara airport in central Nepal with 15 passengers and 3 crew members on board and never landed again 30 minutes into this flight the 19 seat twin engine aircraft was attempting to divert to another airport because of the weather conditions resulting in radio contact being lost for 20 minutes nobody knew where nepal airlines flight 183 was there was no radio contact and it was invisible on radars eventually reports of a crashed airplane emerged from a village in nepal it was discovered that the aircraft had crashed in the jungle due to extremely harsh weather and slow response time by the pilots at first no one was able to get to the crash site due to poor visibility when the rescue and recovery teams eventually reached the crash site they found the bodies of all 18 on board spread over the hill unlike the hijacking back in 1973 where nobody was hurt this crash claimed the lives of all the passengers and crew perhaps that particular aircraft was cursed but the government of nepal realized the symbolic value it held in the hearts of so many nepalese people they finally decided to restore the crashed plane it was decided that the wreckages of the crashed aircraft would be put together to give it a complete shape of an aircraft before being put in an exhibition at a museum the government of nepal was willing to spend so much on a broken plane because this cost was worth retelling 
the story of how the Prime Minister of Nepal once hijacked an airplane. A huge thank you to Nupur, Preeti, Abhilasha, Kavya, Yuvraj, Nupur, Prashant, Nandita, Ashutosh, Dakshita, Vijay, Pulkit, Shubhangi, Anjali, Kanwar, Shubham, Manutosh, and Sankalp. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast.